I'm a child of God. Have in my hand powerful word of God. Can change lives, heal broken hearts, and save man's soul. Here's our prayer, Lord Jesus, today. Speak to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Now look at your neighbor and say, don't forget. Tell them, don't forget. Because they might forget. But you've told them. Sherry, I think you have some guests with you today. Do you want to introduce them? They probably don't want you to, but... Glad you're okay. <clears throat> so, so that sounds like a teenager right there. <laughs> well, we're grateful to have you guys with us. Been in for uh, ORU had a class reunion. Is that what it was? Homecoming. Okay, awesome, awesome. Glad you made it in. Hopefully, you make it home. So today, I want to talk to you about what God remembers. That we forget. We're going to be in Psalm 103. We're going to touch on different verses beginning at verse 6 through verse 18. Verse 14. Somebody read it out loud. Verse 14 of Psalm 103. So that's one way I can get you to open your Bible to Psalm 103. 14. Verse 14. And she's reading it in the King James so you know that God is speaking here. Amen. That's the thing that God remembers, that we forget. Sometimes we think we're going to live forever. We're dust. Came from dust, we go back to dust. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't matter how much wealth you accumulate. Doesn't matter how powerful you become. It doesn't matter that you are whatever you think you are. You're going to go to dust. Do all of you understand that? Amen? Amen. <laughs> now, when you're young, you don't think that that's ever going to happen. But then when you get a little older, and when I was young, I used to think old was like 40. Now old is at least 65, thanks. Spoken by a young person over there. But he remembers that we are dust. Do you ever think about what God thinks about? Does that ever cross your mind? What does God think about? Nothing slips by him. Did you know that? He's not surprised by anything. The rise of ISIS in the Middle East. That doesn't surprise God. The nuclear arms race from Iran. That, that doesn't surprise, didn't surprise God at all. The fact that China is dumping the dollar and promoting their own currency worldwide, that doesn't surprise God. Gets Wall Street a little excited. Who's going to occupy the White House? Doesn't surprise God. Doesn't really matter, does it? It really doesn't. 
See, it doesn't matter about politics. It matters about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because we have a king. And our king is named Jesus. And Jesus is on the throne. God put him there. The Father put him there. At his right hand. And the Holy Spirit is right there too. And so the three of them got it all under control. All you and I got to do is just sit back and relax. Take a deep breath. And sing that song. Everything's going to be alright. Yes, I've got a feeling. Everything's going to be alright. Because see, it will turn. <clears throat> and you might say, well, what about persecution, preacher? What, what if we're persecuted? Well, Jesus said, expect it. <laughs> so what does he remember <clears throat> that we forget? I think we run from God rather than to Him because we know our own hearts are too well. Uh, we, we know our own hearts too well. And we barely know His heart. Psalm 103 gives us seven things that I want you to re- take away. First one that He remembers that we forget is that He loves to help the needy. In verses 6 and 7, it says, The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His deeds to the people of Israel. The oppressed, they're those who can't help themselves. They're the people that Don mentioned earlier that that John 3.16 ministers to. There's a lot of homeless people out here. There's a lot of hurting people out here. Uh, we go once a month to John 3.16. And by the way, let me, let me point out on the back board, it has this little sign that says, Help Wanted. John 3.16 needs some help on Thanksgiving Day. So if you have some time, go back and look at the slots that are open. There's a contact person at the bottom of the second sheet. Get hold of her and let her know that you are coming at these time slots and help them out. Some just need to, you can do carrying food in, you can help with preparation, you can help with serving. There's all kinds of ways you can help. So maybe you want to get up from your Thanksgiving lunch or go before your Thanksgiving lunch and do a little work downtown at John 3.16. The opportunity's back there. I wanted to make mention that to you. I forgot to do it last week. But the oppressed, usually we, ref, we think of widows, orphans, foreigners, the poor, people that are usually taken advantage of. We look at them as oppressed. Martin Luther King said, The arm of the universe is long, but it bends toward justice. You see, you can see injustice. You can produce injustice yourself. You can oppress other people, but it will come back to visit you one day. Oh, yes, it will. Oh, yes, it will. I mean, we're, we live every day with the threat of terrorism. Did you ever think in your lifetime you would see terrorism like we've seen it on our shores of the United States? I didn't. I never thought in more Oklahoma I'd ever hear somebody beheaded because a coworker got upset. Wow. We live in an evil world, folks. But God is going to bring everything to light. And He will judge with impartiality. All those who labor for a better world and are more just, a more just society and those who stretch out a helping hand. You have to believe this 
that God's going to right the wrong or it's hard to keep going. James Russell Lowell wrote this, Truth forever on the scaffold, wrong forever on the throne, yet that scaffold sways the future, and behind the dim unknown standeth God within the shadow, keeping watch above His own. Are you needy? Well, the answer to that is yes, you are. And if you find yourself needy, realize that God's on your side. God's on your side. Now, what's the second thing that God remembers that we forget? Is that He shows mercy to those who don't deserve it. In verse 8 it says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in what? Love. Four great characteristics of God are in this verse. We find that the Lord is compassionate. He pardons us. Shows great compassion for those in sin. Secondly, the Lord is gracious. He gives us what we don't deserve. Happens at Christmas a lot too, doesn't it? (laughs) You get a lot of stuff at Christmas that you really don't deserve. I've noticed that with our grandchildren, if we give them an empty box... You know, one of those big, uh, big boxes you can climb in. Man, they'll have, they'll play with that thing for days. Till they tear it up. You can give them an electronic device, ten minutes later they're onto the box! So Cindy and I are just getting empty boxes, that's all we're getting this year. Yeah, right. Then we find that the Lord is slow to anger. Aren't you glad that He's slow to anger? <laughs> I am. And then the Lord abounds in love. He loves us more than we could ever imagine. There's times when I don't understand why God wants to spend forever with me. But He does. That's what He said. He said, I love you so much, I want to spend forever with you. That's what happened when you got married, wasn't it? You looked at each other and the preacher was saying, if you you believe this, say I do. And you really looked at that person and said, I want to live forever with you. And then about ten minutes later, you said, what did I just do? But not with God. His love abounds. It abounds. It's abundant. It's extravagant. Aren't these great words? It's overwhelming. There's no fishing like fishing in the sea. No eating like eating at the king's table. No love like God's love. When He saves, He saves completely. When He forgives, He forgives all sin. When He sets free, we are free indeed. And we are free forever. Amen? Oh yes. Oh yes. Charles Spurgeon, an old time preacher. In this particular verse, the last phrase of this verse, he commented. I want to share what he commented. He said, all the world tastes of His sparing mercy. Those who hear the gospel partake of His inviting mercy. The saints live by His saving mercy, are preserved by His upholding mercy, uh, mercy, are cheered by His consoling mercy, and will enter heaven through His infinite and everlasting mercy. 
The King James uses the phrase plenteous mercy. Folks, that's just a description of some plenteous mercy. Uh, uh, mercy. God's mercy is plenteous. He's got a lot of it. It's like what's going to happen at your Thanksgiving table. Can you believe that every Thanksgiving how much food gets put at the table? Isn't it amazing how much food gets put up there? My mother, when I was in college, it was just her and my little sister. Well, I'd go home at Thanksgiving and she didn't, she didn't want to cook a big dinner. So we would go to Luby's Cafeteria for Thanksgiving lunch. Any of you do that? <laughs> it's, I'm telling you. They're so grateful to be there to serve and to talk to us and just visit with us. And, you know, I just felt like I was going to a family that owned a restaurant. One year she was in, she had surgery, so we were at the hospital, an Air Force Base hospital in Wichita Falls, Texas. And so I told her, I said, well, Mom, can I get you something? She said, no, you just go eat. So I went down. Oh, they had a buffet laid out. I thought, man, God is calling me here. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. And it was the best best Thanksgiving lunch. You know what I'm saying? There's always plenty. I guess that's my point. There's always plenty. It doesn't matter how hard your life has been. It doesn't matter what circumstances you're facing at that moment. You begin to realize how plentiful we have it. Third thing God remembers that we forget is that He tempers His wrath. Look at verses 9 and 10. It says, He will always accuse... He will not always accuse, nor will He harbor His anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. And to that we should all say, Amen. (laughs) You ever known anybody that just loves to argue? I mean, they're going to argue even if there's nothing to argue about. They're just going to argue because they love to hear themselves talk. A dear friend taught me, that you'll know you're maturing when you don't have to have the last word. I have found that so therapeutic. Because when somebody wants to argue with you, if you don't argue back, conversation's over. Unless they're the type of people that they are, and they're just going to argue to themselves until they answer themselves. And it's really fun to watch them answer themselves, and then they get mad at themselves, and they start punching themselves. It's fun to watch. I have never seen it go that far yet. You see, God's more ready to forgive than we are to be forgiven. I'll let that one sink in just a minute. He's more ready to forgive than we are to be forgiven. When we forget to pray, He still remembers to feed us. When we forget to to, to give thanks, He sends us still to restful sleep. When we idle in sin, He sends His Holy Spirit to convict us. When we refuse to give, He keeps on giving still. When we fall, He lifts us up. When we disappoint ourselves and others, He still calls us His children. God even blesses those who don't believe in Him. Christopher Hitchens, Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris. These are men who are devout atheists. And God even loves them enough to let them shoot their mouth off. 
And they're really good at shooting their mouth off. And all you've got to do is smile. You don't have to sit there and argue with them. Because when it's finally done and they, they are ready to be buried, they're going to lay in a casket in a church or in a chapel somewhere, not in a church, but in a chapel somewhere, get all dressed up and absolutely have no place to go. You and I, we're just passing through. Just passing through. Romans 2, 4 says, God's kindness leads you toward repentance. That's an amazing thing to think about. Fourth thing that God remembers that we forget is that He forgives all our sins. Verses 11 and 12. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. Casting Crowns, I think it is, has a song called East, east to West or East from the West. How far is the east from the west? Thank you. Great song. And he talks about removal of sin. The removal of sin. God's love is enormous. Astronomers tell us that the farthest known light source from earth is 10 billion light years away. That means that light starting from that source would take 10 billion years traveling at the speed uh, speed of light to arrive at the earth. By contrast, the nearest star is only four light years away. That's four years traveling at the speed of light, which is 186,000 miles per second. Light from the sun reaches the earth in a little over eight minutes. So even the nearest star is a vast distance from the earth. And using ion drive propulsion... You could reach the nearest star in a modern spaceship in only 81,000 years. You can turn it around any way you like, and we're left with two inescapable realities. First, we live in a tiny corner of the universe. And we're just but a speck in the universe. And yet it was that speck that God chose to send His Son it was that speck that He created His choicest creation in man. And it was that speck that turned on Him and killed Him. And it's that speck that can have the resurrection power of Jesus in their life through conviction, repentance, baptism, and rising to walk in a new life. <laughs> Isn't that amazing when you stop and think about how big things are and how small we are. We should just consider the magnitude of God's love. It's been said, to compare God's love, you go to the Atlantic Ocean and you find a beach there. And you begin to take one speck of sand and take it to the West Coast and put it on that beach. And by the time you got all that done, eternity would be over. Can you imagine? I can't imagine that. If you ever grab sand and hold it up, man, there's millions of particles just in your hand. Just think what it looks like in God's hand. And the great part 
about God forgiving us from the east to the west is that my sins can never come back to haunt me again. He says, I've forgiven you from the east to the west. Because see, if you start traveling west, you're always going to be traveling west. You're never going to reach it. Because <laughs> you're always traveling west. Okay, well, I'll travel east. Okay, go ahead. You're never going to reach it. Okay, I'll travel north. You're never going to reach it. I'll travel south. You're never going to reach it. That's how God is with our sin. Isn't that awesome? A preacher outlined these verses this way. God has a long fuse. God has a short memory. He has thick skin. And He's got a great heart. Isn't that true? Isn't that the God you know? And that's the God you serve? Fifth thing that God understands and God remembers that we don't is that He understands our weakness. Verse 13, As the Father has compassion on His children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him. I never really understood that until I had children. <laughs> it's funny how that, can, that education can come back to you very, very quickly. I remember I used to say, My kids will never, and then you just fill in the blank. And God listens, because if you have multiple children, more than one, he pours those statements into their chip that they're born with. Because nine times out of ten, at some point in their development, they're going to act the way you said they never would. We watch our grandson, Braden, and he just, he goes, and Cindy and I just start laughing and laughing and laughing. And I'll look at her and she starts spelling the name C O R Y. That's the middle one. She never spells Jeff or Mark. It's always C-O-R-Y. There's just something special about those middle kids. Amen? That's why Bryant is so good. Is because he's the older brother. He's not the... He's 15 minutes older than Brad. You can tell. Just look at Brad. Look how, look how he carries himself. I remember when... Our boys, we had, they had trouble sleeping at night, and Cindy would give me that look. Well, I'd get up and carry them around the house, and I'd sing to them. I'd make up songs. I'd hum tunes I didn't know. I just started humming stuff, trying to get them to go to sleep. And eventually, they'd go to sleep. And as angry as you were when you went to pick them up, getting up from your sleep, you somehow, there's just something peaceful about a baby that's sleeping. And you lay them back down, and you try to go lay down for, to go back to sleep and it never happens, but you lay there with your eyes closed. But you know, once that's all gone, and once you're all past that, as strange as it sounds, you miss it. I never will forget when Mark went off to college, how quiet it got at our house. Just think how God is. When we need Him and we call out to Him, you know how excited He is to pick us up and put us in His arms and walk around and sing to us? That's the God I know. That's the God I love. And when I'm hurting so bad, I don't even know what to say. I, I, can, I can feel him arm, His arms around me going, it's going to be alright. Jesus loves me. This I know. 
For the Bible tells me so. That's the songs I used to sing to my boys when I walked around the house. Jeff had the croup. We'd sit in the bathroom with the steam running right out of the shower, bath. And I'd just sing, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Because he was wheezing, he couldn't breathe, and all of a sudden his, his whole body would just go limp. I remember that like it was yesterday. Don't you think that your Heavenly Father, when we're hurting, when we can't breathe, when we just don't know what to do, don't you know that He just says everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. I got it all under control. I got it. I got it. Just lean right here on my chest. I got it. When an earthly father has done his job well, he makes it easy for his children to believe in their heavenly father. I read this story about a family had a son that had a persistent ear infection and had to... They put him on antibiotics and they weren't working. So he had to have the tubes put into his ears. And so the boy was really scared. He got to the hospital and the doctor came in and saw how scared the boy was and just afraid he wasn't going to be well. So the doctor did something that just amazed the dad. The doctor went over to the son and he said, stand up in the bed. So he did. And he said, and he turned around and he said, now jump on. So the boy jumped on his back and the, and the doctor's holding his bottom up and got his arms up around his neck. And he said, here we go. And so he started walking down the hall to the surgery room. And that dad, as he watched this doctor, said, I was so glad to see my son not be afraid again. And that's just the way God is with us. When we can't go another step, he turns around and says, jump on. Jump on. I got this. Jump on. The sixth thing God remembers that we forget is that we go to dust, as we started out with. We go to dust. Verses 14 through 16. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. Winds blow over it, blow over it and it's gone. And his place remembers it no more. There's beauty that comes from death. How do I know that? A couple of years ago, Cindy and I, uh, along with the Wilsons, went up to the Northeast. Uh, we always want to go see the fall colors in the Northeast. And Ed and Lindsay were gracious to drive us out through all the, I'm not sure where we ended up, but we took off. You know? <laughs> These old country roads and two-lane roads out through New England. She's talking about some colors. Whew. Well, what makes those colors? The leaves are dying. The leaves are dying. So there's beauty in death. I've seen believers who leave this life and it's so beautiful to watch them pass to the other side. Because you know that's where they've gone. You know that's where they've gone. And there's a peace in there, in you, that you know where they've gone. Amen. Amen. And so God remembers that. We need to remember that. And don't, don't be all whipped into a frenzy about it. 
read a story about a major thoroughfare thoroughfare going through Chicago. And next to one of the cemeteries was a sign. And the sign said, slow down, we'll save a place for you. Makes you stop and think, wouldn't it? Makes you stop and think. Never forget that your hope is not here. It's in an everlasting God that loves you. Gave himself up for you. Which takes us to number seven. He links us with eternity by linking us with himself. Verses 17 and 18. (coughs) But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. Our hope is in the everlasting God. There is nothing that we can do about our frailty. We are like the dust devils that blow across the desert. We might make a big scene, but we're going to suddenly disappear. You can take vitamins, you can exercise, you can clean live, you can do all the things that you need to do. But one of these days, and I found out real fast how nimble I am. How fleet-footed, how athletic I am. Friday night, three boys were coming off the, out, of the, out of the game. into the, They were being chased onto the sideline. They were chasing two of the uh, uh, Southmore guys were chasing our running back out of bounds. Well, guess where they were coming? Straight at me. Normally, I catch them. But there's three of them. Man, they hit me, and down I went. I landed on my fleshy part. Somebody said, uh, are you okay? I said, except my pride, yes sir, I'm alright. Still a little sore today, not going to lie to you. Didn't snap back like I used to. But I got up off the ground, and that's a praise the Lord. I looked at the two orthopedic doctors that are there every week and I said, see if that other doctor would replace my knee, I could have got out of the way. (laughs) They both agreed, but that won't change anything. Because ultimately, ultimately, I'm going to go to dust one day, just like you will. I'm going to fight it every day, but ultimately I'm going to go. And Psalm 103 offers us A great word in verse 17. That great word is but. But. But stands at the demarcation between this life and the next. Though our lives will go to dust, but we will live with God forever. God's tender mercy, His unfailing love, His abounding grace, all part of that word but. Someone has said that life without Christ is a hopeless end, but life with Christ is an endless hope. We are richer than we think, more blessed than we know, and have more than we realize.
So what's really the story of Psalm 103? Well, we found mercy. Or maybe, better yet, mercy has found us in the cross of Jesus Christ. During one of his sermons, Billy Graham told the story of a patrolman on night duty in a town in northern England. As he walked the streets, he heard a quivering sob and shined his light over and saw a little boy sitting in the shadows, tears running down his cheeks. And the child looked up at him and said, I'm lost. Please take me home. And the policeman began naming street after street, trying to help the boy remember where he lived. He named shops and hotels in the area, but the little boy just didn't recognize anything. Then he remembered at the center of the town was a church with a large white cross that towered above the rest of the city. So the policeman pointed to the cross. And then he said to the little boy, do you live anywhere near that place? And the little boy's face just lit up. And he said, sir, take me to the cross. I can find my way home. Folks, there it is for us. If you feel lost, go to the cross. If you feel hopeless, go to the cross. If you feel helpless, go to the cross. If you feel inadequate in any way, go to the cross. Pray with me, would you? Father, we thank You for this time. Thank You for the things that You never forget. And too often we do forget. We should always remember that You're never weak. You're never in need. You never deal with guilt. You aren't frail. And you'll never go to dust. And if we have a relationship with You, we won't either. I know You. You tell us through and through. And because I know you through and through, I still love you anyway. You tell us, God, come to you. Rest in you. Make you our rock. And if we'll do that, great things come. In Jesus' name, amen.